0: Welcome in to a Saturday edition of the Back and Forth Podcast. I'm your host, Stat Matt, a.k.a. Matt Raftery, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Joey G. Just a friendly reminder, make sure you're following the Back and Forth Podcast on Twitter, at BackForthPod. Instagram is at Podcast, And of course, while you are on those social media platforms, make sure you're giving the Talk That Talk Media Company, the official home for Back and Forth, a follow as well. Their t- uh, Twitter is at TTT Media Company. The rest of their socials are spelled out at Talk That Talk Media Company. Well, Joey didn't fail. Um, we 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 warn our listeners just about every show that when we end the show, typically something big happens. Now, this didn't necessarily happen as we were ending the show, but it happened between shows.
1: Yep, that's how it usually goes. Um, and we had we had talked about I think last show or the previous show that. You know, we're very football heavy now and football this and football that. And we hadn't talked about basketball in a while. And then sports gods didn't like that. They sports like, gods are like, okay, well, now we got to, something's got to happen in the basketball world. And I don't think anyone saw this coming. And if you did, you're lying. Right. Um, Not that Donovan Mitchell getting traded. I think most of the league had anticipated that was going to happen for a while. But most everyone expected that it would either be to Miami or um, New York to the Knicks. And then Cleveland just comes out of nowhere. And that's usually how it happens. The teams that are quote unquote the favorites and that are in the running, they never hardly end up there because let's let's circle back a couple of times to some other players. Paul George, Lakers, 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 maybe Celtics, but Lakers, 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 hands it to the Oklahoma City Thunder, comes out of nowhere. Uh, Kawhi Leonard lakers lakers clippers clippers you know he's gonna go to one they're gonna trade him to one of those two teams he ends up going to the toronto raptors then a year later goes to the clippers but for the time being he got traded to toronto which again comes out of nowhere Kyrie irving oh he wants to go to phoenix he wants to go to new york when cleveland first wanted to trade him he wants to go here wants to go there celtics come out of nowhere Kyrie irving ends up a member of the boston celtics and i could keep going and going and going but those are just a few examples right there and then now you look at donovan mitchell it was Knicks, Heat, Knicks, Heat, and Cleveland comes out of nowhere. And, you know, good for Cleveland. This is a great move for the Cavaliers. Um, You have to give a lot of credit to their front office and ownership to what they've been able to build life after LeBron. And it seems like they learned from the first time. Uh, LeBron leaves in 2010, and, you know, Cleveland is just – you get Kyrie Irving and Tristan Thompson was good for a while, but nothing to really even get you close to the playoffs. I mean, their best season without LeBron was a 33-49 and year. Um, and, uh, the second time around, uh, you go out and you draft Darius Garland, you draft, uh, Evan Mobley, you trade for Jared Allen, you trade for Karis Levert, you trade for Ricky Rubio, you give Kevin Love an extension and now you go out and get Donovan Mitchell. Um, they, they, they've done a fantastic job in this rebuild. I think, you know, they should be a blueprint for a lot of teams. Uh, looking to, to maybe start over, and um, when a when a superstar leaves them, and they're kind of starting to go down that path, uh, Cleveland should definitely be a blueprint. And you look at this Cavs team; this was a a team that would have made the playoffs if the playing tournament did not exist. I'm in favor of the playing tournament, by the way, but I'm just saying uh, would have made it if the playing tournament didn't exist. Um, but it had a 44 and 38 season last year, and now you look at this team this year. You're adding an all star player in Donovan Mitchell. The majority of those guys are returning and you bring Ricky Rubio back into the fold. This is a fifth, six, six fifth, sixth seed team. I don't think they'll be in the playing tournament this year. I, I I think their ceiling is a third seed and the their floor is a seventh seed. Honestly. Like I, I anticipate they'll be the fifth or sixth seed this year. And, you know, you you look at the teams that missed out on this. New York. Um this is a huge loss for the Knicks. You, you know, you've been trying forever, forever to get a superstar, and, you know, the, the closest you've gotten to that in the last five years is, is Jalen Brunson, who you spent over $100 million for. Um, your quote-unquote big three that you're dumping over $100 million a year into is Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, and uh, Jalen Brunson. That's not getting you in the playoffs. They're, they're not. They're not going to be in the playoffs this year. Sorry, Nick's like, that's just not going to happen. Um, and you look at Miami. Miami, as crazy as it sounds, Miami will be closer to a plan team this year than a one seed. They will be, I think Miami will will be just outside the plan or they'll be in the plan tournament this year. And it's, it's insane to hear because they were just the one seed last year and they took the Celtics to seven games. But everyone around them has gotten better and they have not gotten better. They've gotten worse. The Heat lost P.J. Tucker, and they've added Yadonis Haslam, or not even added, re-signed Yadonis Haslam. They have not gotten better at all. Max Struess is not going to... Max Struess is your starting shooting guard, and he's not going to win you shit in the Eastern Conference. Um, Boston is better than Miami right now. Milwaukee is better than Miami. Philadelphia will be better than Miami this season. Brooklyn will be better than Miami. Atlanta may be better than Miami Cleveland may be better than uh, Miami and if those two teams are better than you that puts you right at the seventh seed so I think best case scenario the Heat are a fourth or fifth seed this season worst case they're seventh or eighth which is a crazy fall off but that's what I think is going to happen to this team this year everyone around them has gotten better and they have not I don't think uh, Jimmy Butler is a fantastic player Jimmy Butler is a top 10 player in the league but with how tough this conference is right now he's not LeBron and he's just not enough to get the to get the heat to where they need to be. And the heat are going to look back and really regret this offseason because they've had multiple opportunities to go out and get somebody and they've not done that. And they've really not upgraded their roster at all. Offseason is still technically not over, but I don't know what they could I don't know what much I don't know what they could really do. If they did not have the assets to get Katie or they did not have the assets to get Donovan Mitchell, I really don't know any other superstar mild star that becomes available if they'd even have the assets to go and get that player so the Cavaliers are are big winners here and uh, Miami and and New York are are huge losers because like I said Miami is going to be a lot closer to the plan than people think and the Knicks are going to be nowhere near the 10th seed so that's kind of kind of what I think but a great move for the Cavaliers they're gonna have a, a really good season next year they could definitely make a a second round run into the playoffs I think
0: yeah, I think we move, or at least I move Cleveland now into the contender conversation when it comes to the Eastern Conference. Like, they're now in the three to four teams that you can make a case for to win the conference. I think, um, I mean, right now the, the three that come to mind are Boston, Milwaukee, and I guess four. You could somewhat make a case for the Nets. I don't love that pick, though, just because... I mean, it feels like anything could happen with KD. Um, it feels like one wrong thing going wrong in Brooklyn, and KD's going to start probably setting out and demanding trades. Like, it felt very like, I don't want to come back to the Nets, but I'll tolerate you. Um, I'll give you another shot. Right, but it feels like that, that leash is very short when it comes to Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I think Cleveland, though, is, you can make an argument for that fourth team or if stuff goes really south for the Nets, maybe that moves Cleveland up to the third best team in the conference behind Brooklyn and or uh, behind Boston and Milwaukee. And I th- I think if you're the Knicks, like at, at some point this you have to look at this front office and go, at what point does this become a fireball offense? Because now you like Joey said, your big quote-unquote superstar that you brought in was Jalen Brunson, who you probably overpaid for. And you had a chance to get Kevin Durant a couple times. You've missed on both. You've had a chance to get guys like Kawhi Leonard. You've missed. You've had got chances to get guys like Jimmy Butler and Donovan Mitchell. You've missed. You've missed on all these big-name
1: superstars. And the main reason they miss is because they constantly think that they can sign them in free agency. It doesn't happen. Like They don't I, go there. And part of it
0: might be that it, because it's not the market. We know that. Like, New York is a plenty big market. If you want, if you're an athlete, especially a superstar player in the league, there are plenty of you'd call them business opportunities for you as a player in New York. That is not an issue at all. I think the biggest issue when it comes to the Knicks, and it's probably a reason that has it has kept players away from the organization is I feel like there is a ton of distrust in that front office area. Like players do not trust that front office at all. We, we saw it a little bit when uh, Danny Ainge was in Boston. It was probably a reason that some of those guys were a little bit reluctant to go to Boston is because they realized, I don't know if I necessarily completely trust Danny Ainge. And it's probably some reason that teams were reluctant to work with the Celtics when Danny was there. It was because they they realized that, we don't know if Danny Ainge is all that great as far as like, can we fully trust him? Um, Is he a decent enough, you know, trade partner to work with? Um, Obviously now he's with Utah. Ironically enough, the team that Cleveland just traded with. Now, if you're Utah, congrats, you got your 400th draft pick in the next five years. Um, You're going to be a battle with the Oklahoma city thunder. Right. Um, if you're Utah, you have to hope that Danny does not use every single one of these draft picks. Like You have to imagine, you have to hope that he is just loading up to try and land a big superstar somewhere. Because now you have the, the salary cap for it. You have more than enough salary. You could probably land two or three with the amount of cap they have open now. Um, you have plenty of draft capital to use. If, you, if I'm the Utah Jazz... It may not be this offseason, but at least in the next offseason or maybe towards the trade deadline, I am looking to uh, acquire a somewhat big name via trade because I have a lot of assets that I can use. Similar to the Knicks, I don't think Utah is going to sign a big name free agent in free agency. It's just not going to happen. I think, you know, the, the rap is out about Utah. And it's been well-known and well-documented about the Utah Jazz. Not necessarily the team, but the atmosphere. That's why I think a lot of free agents don't really like to go to Utah because they understand that, you know, if you look around the NBA, 90% of the guys are of color. If we look at what happens in Utah, the fan base is quite rowdy
1: towards those people of color. Yeah, and then, like I said, I've, I've, I've been to one game, um for the uh um Utah Jazz, they played the Boston Celtics and there was a play where Jalen Brown dunked on Rudy Gobert and a fan said something. Yep. Um and no one around I was like the me and my family were the only ones to like have a reaction to what just came out of his mouth. And everyone else was just facing forward watching the game and just like like it's I'm not I'm not saying all jazz fans are like that, but it's an atmosphere. That's normal there. That happens at a UNLV game here. That he's fan, getting thrown out. That fan gets kicked out. Yeah. That fan minute. gets kicked out. And he's going to get beat up. Yeah. Like, but in, in Utah, it's like, yeah, all right. Well, just an, another normal day at a uh, Vivint smart home arena, or whatever it's called now. It's just like, no one had a reaction to it. No one said anything. Everyone was just like, that's, that's how a, a normal human should, should speak. And, uh and you know what an a, a normal human should say about another person. Right. So yeah, I mean Matt's Matt's definitely right there. And and anything Utah builds, which 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 they had built before they had traded Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell is they're gonna have to build through the draft because in general, Salt Lake City is just not an attractive market and the fan base is not helping at all. That the atmosphere that the fan base has created um, is not helping so like you look at oklahoma city oklahoma city was not in a, a an attractive market but you you really never heard any real issues and people were, were maybe like okay i can play with you know russell westbrook and kevin duran and whatnot so like they're able to get a couple guys to come there and you look at some other small market teams like they they're not the most attractive cities but you haven't really really heard anything bad and they've got some good players there so some players will will go there Utah, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Like, they better hope Colin Sexton turns into, you know, fucking prime Russell Westbrook, and um, they start nailing all these draft picks because I think that's the only way they're really going to build something there because it's going to be really hard to – I I think they're not going to build through free agency, and I think they know they can't do that, so that's why they're acquiring all these picks, but they're going to have to build through the draft and and through trades. Well, if I'm the Utah Jazz, and I hope they have already
0: had this implemented. um, If they don't, they need to. That – the start of next season um, would be the earliest you could do this. But if you're the Utah Jazz fan base, or franchise rather, you should be putting out a disclaimer to the fan base at, before every single game. If you say anything offensive, um, derogatory, et cetera, and we catch you, it is a lifetime ban with no questions asked. Like if you want to send a message to your fan base and
1: quote-unquote put down the hammer, that's a way to do it. I, I think they have done that. Uh, the owners came out before games multiple times and reminded the fan base. Um, but uh, you know, like there's not there's not there's not ushers. One one thing that's crazy at the Thomas and Mac, not trying to knock you in LV, but with how empty those games have been recently, there are Ushers always in the aisles during the games. Um and and at, at least my experience there there's there's no ushers out like they they're they're outside the, the entrance to your section but they're never out in the the aisles or in the in the seating area like at the bottom you know like how they are at T&M and stuff so like there's really not much of a of a presence so like they're pretty much relying on a fan to say something but they don't say anything from the one time I experienced it they didn't say shit so yeah so they're pretty much counting on fans to be like, you know, guy over here in section 236 said blank and blank. But that doesn't happen because, like I said, no one had a the slightest reaction to what what came out of that guy's mouth when I was there.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a weird situation in Utah anyway. But yeah. um, no, good for Donovan Mitchell. Um, he goes to, I think, a place. I, I get the the memes were made that like, oh, look, Donovan Mitchell didn't really move market size. Nobody went to a way better market than what he was in. Like, he goes to a franchise that actually appreciates him now. Like, this is a massive upgrade for Donovan Mitchell. Even though he doesn't go from, like, a Utah to a New York or a Utah to a Los Angeles or a Utah to Chicago, he's moving market sizes. Or he's moving quality of market, I should say. And moving to a franchise that, for one, doesn't have a bad rap with its fan base. And two is very appreciative of its players. Like we saw when um, LeBron won the championship, that fan base, you know, you know, love LeBron. I, I get the, after he left the first time, they were a little yeah, salty. I was, about to say, I was like, they I was, were a little salty I was the, at the first, first time, time. At. <laughs> but again, that's, that just goes to show if you win. How games, passionate they are. Yeah. They're passionate. And when he left the second time after he had won the Marine, it, to me, there wasn't that saltiness anymore. That was, it was a,
1: you know, thank you for your time. And, Best of luck to you in the future. You they, know? They, they understood. They understood that it, it was time for him to go, and he really there, there was no reason for him to stay. He couldn't win anything in there anymore. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see, again,
0: like we said, Utah, they have 400 draft picks in the next five years, so see what they
1: do with them. Um, I hope Danny Ainge is not planning on using all those draft picks. There's a thing. He, the, there's a problem with acquiring so many draft picks is when you miss out when a team starts preferring, like the Raptors, they preferred, they wanted superstar talent in return for Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard. They didn't win draft picks. So there's teams that are not always going to win draft picks. and um, they're going to get shot down on a lot of offers, and he's going to end up keeping a lot more than he thinks. And it's going to be the same issue for the Oklahoma City Thunder, I think. Yeah. Not everyone's going to want these draft picks. Someone's going to, like Kevin Durant, the Nets did not want draft picks. They wanted good young talent in return, or they wanted a superstar uh, no one's really near the same level as Kevin Durant that was going to be available on the trade market, but a, a a player that can maybe be close to that. All right. So that's the issue with acquiring so many picks is that eventually it's not, uh, you know, a team's not going to want all those picks. Yeah. Well, so, and, I mean, I always... Danny say- should have learned from that from his time in Boston because the Pelicans didn't want him. Nope. The Spurs didn't want him nope. and the Pacers didn't want him. So... Well and Crazy didn't learn his lesson.
0: I say this about draft picks, whether it's the NBA or the NFL or wherever the league is. Um a good rule of thumb with draft picks is the ones you have, half of them will not be on the roster. They will be at some point in time, they will be at the G League or they'll be just out of the franchise altogether. You can take another quarter of those and maybe they make a 10 day contract on the on the 12 man roster. And then maybe you have one or two draft picks that is staying on the roster for a couple of years. And just maybe one of those two is somewhat valuable to your franchise. But when you talk about draft picks, the number one word you're talking about is maybe. You just don't
1: know. And in, in every draft, about two, and if it's a really good draft, five. Two or five of those players will be superstars. Maybe. Usually two or three. Yeah. Everybody Usually else is going to be just, eh. Like, to the 2003 draft, is an exception. You had D-Wade, Carmelo, LeBron, and Bosh. You had all those guys. So, there was an exception that year. Like, if it's a really good draft year, you may get five, maybe even six. But, most part, there's going to be two or five superstars in that draft. Um, so, you better hope you are you nail that pick if you keep it. But, Donovan Mitchell, nothing less is a... Uh, Is a Cleveland Cavalier, so it's going to be very exciting this NBA season. The Eastern Conference is going to be a bloodbath. Um, You look at it, Celtics, Bucks, 76ers, uh, Nets, Hawks, uh, Cavaliers, Heat, Raptors, and Bulls. One of those teams will miss the playoffs. One of those teams will miss the playoffs, and uh, three of them will be in the plan.
0: That's interesting.
1: So... I'm into. I think it will be the Raptors or Bulls that misses the playoffs. Could be, but that let alone is crazy because Toronto had a had a decent. Toronto was a fifth seed last season. They got Scotty Barnes. They got Fred VanVleet. They got Pascal Siakam. They got OG. They got good young talent. And then you look at Chicago as Demar DeRozan Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball. Like, I mean, a couple years ago in the Eastern Conference, that's a three seed. So <laughs> now they might not even make the playoffs. So uh, it'll be interesting this season for sure. And um, uh. Really looking forward to it. But one thing one bo- team oh. one thing before
0: we switch gears to football. I almost forgot about this in the rundown. The remainder of the UNLV schedule got dropped the other day. Oh, for basketball. The Mountain West portion of it did. Ooh. I'll, so they got yeah. I said this when it came out. It's about time the Mountain West got this right.
1: Oh yeah. You UNR UNR- and both on weekends. San Diego State, same thing, both on Saturdays. I think they listen. Finally. We are talking about that. I, I remember, I, th- I think the Mount, uh, Craig Thompson, the commissioner, must be listening to the Back and Forth podcast because we've been saying this for the longest time. Why is UNLV playing a rivalry game on a Tuesday at 8.30 p.m.? Right. Would you schedule UNLV and UNR in football on a Tuesday at 8.30 p.m.? Absolutely not. No, you would not because you would get no ratings and no one would show up. So... Um, this will definitely help out in attendance. Uh, do you know what time it is on Saturday at TNM? Yeah, they haven't announced it. Yeah, but in, in, any time is like I, – I think it should be a night game on Saturday. That's what I think. But any time during Saturday is better than Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. So um, we'll definitely have an episode where we dive into their schedule a little bit more. But I couldn't agree more with Matt here where we have UNR and San Diego State both on weekends because those are big rivalry games and those need to be played – on On a day where you can maximize attendance and you can get the most ratings as possible,
0: yeah well hopefully they uh they should have more season ticket holders this year remember if they the last off season they um had the big promotion where they were i think dropping ticket season ticket prices in like half or something like that like it was some ridiculous discount that they were giving out, so I don't know maybe it'll bring more people to the TNM. I hope so.
1: I hope so. I hope they have a good year this year. And I hope the, the Thomas and Mac is a lot more crowded than it's been, especially last year. Last year was pretty depressing. So, um, and, and I think having San Diego State and UNR on weekends makes up a little bit for their lackluster non conference schedule. Um, not really a lot of big opponents coming to the TNM. Like, their best home game is going to be Dayton. Yeah. So, th- that's just going to be tough. There's, like, the non conference is going to be a little bit rough for UNLV, where they're not going to be playing a lot of big schools, and it's going to be You know, a lot of, a lot of empty games because, you know, no one's going to want to come out on a weekday to see UNLV play University of San Francisco and whatnot. So hopefully conference play makes up for, for that. Yeah. Hopefully it will, for sure. Um,
0: Let's shift gear those to football and let's go to the, we'll start with the Seahawks. We'll start with the lesser of the two teams. Someone who's not looking forward to next season or this upcoming season, I should say. Correct. They'll be looking forward to next year's draft. Most likely. (laughs) Um, Seattle Seahawks starting off the NFC West, the final division that we have for our season previews for the NFL, which by the way kicks off in less than a week. Next Thursday is the first game of the season. The Bills going
1: to LA. Fantasy Rams. football starting. Yes, I tried to build a schedule. I was about to say you wasted your time a lot on that. Yeah, wasted. I got to week twelve last night because what I was trying to do, I was trying to and the 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 app automated it to where this would happen i was trying to build a schedule where each team had seven home games seven away games and each team had played their division opponents twice so the app already does that automatically if you just hit randomized schedule but you know i wanted to have will and everyone had wanted to have like a rivalry week and all these different like fun weeks to you know getting through the long 14 week season and it just like someone would have an extra home game like i i got to week i got all the way to week 12 last night and um someone was short a divisional game so and i was like god damn it and then like when i would move it the schedule i'll try to move the schedule around and then matt was playing dom three times so i was wouldn't a, complain about that i've seen dom roster; <laughs> i'll take that all day long <laughs> so i gave up i was like you know screw this and i randomized it and the, the random schedule was fine actually like yeah. I, was, <laughs> so you look at it you're like i, I was like okay well this is better than anything i put together but uh yeah so Definitely, yeah, but looking forward to the season starting next year, kicking off on Thursday. Yeah. Somebody probably uh, randomized the Seahawks roster, it feels like. Anyway, yeah, they, let's... they definitely hit uh, <laughs> auto auto-generate, generated roster on that. and
0: Yeah. Uh, but let's get into it. The Seahawks will with their schedule open up at home Monday night football against Russell Wilson and the Broncos. 0 and 1. Agreed. Yeah. This game could get ugly. Like if the Broncos are three quarters of what people are hyping them up to be, this game will get lopsided. Um, the Seahawks then go to San Francisco to play the Niners. Oh and 2 Yep. I don't, I don't really need to explain their losses here. Yeah, it's, it's just you say Seattle and you're like, okay. Yeah. yeah that's all I need to know. Um, the Falcons at home.
1: And I think we – did we give this one to the Falcons? Mm, I did not. I had the Falcons starting off like 0-7. I'm going to go Oh, that's right. Seahawks 1-2. You have the, oh, yeah, you have the Seahawks. Yeah, I think
0: I had Seattle. Or, yeah, I think I had Seattle winning this game. I'll go with that. One and two. Um, Lions on the road. One and three. I agree. This is still early in the year. There's a lot of hope for the Lions still at this point. Um, 100%. Saints on the road. One and four. Yep. Cardinals at home. One and five. Yep.
1: Chargers on the road. One and six. Jesus. That, that game is going to be ugly. Yeah. Especially how good that Chargers defense is. You look at J.C. Jackson, Cleo Mack, all those. Like, Yeah. I don't know. Whoever, whoever's quarterback that week, whether it's Locke or Geno Smith, you know, prayers, prayers up to either one of those guys because they're going to have a rough a rough game. You're going to be getting sacked or you're going to be throwing picks. Right. Uh, giants at home.
0: This is an <sighs> ugly football game.
1: Yeah. This is a winnable. I'm going to... It's a winnable game. I'm not saying they'll win it, but two and six. Because usually, like it's it's a it's just at the end of it the day, it's just a neighborhood of what I think their record will be. Right. So this is a winnable game for them. I'll give them this two and six. Yep, uh, I agree. Two and six
0: uh, at the Cardinals. Two and seven. Yep, at the Buccaneers. Two and eight. Home. I mean, for- they may not score that game. <laughs> they might not score the other game too. Home for the Raiders.
1: They might score that game, but it'll just be, it'll be really bad. Two and nine. Yeah. At the Rams. Two and 10. Home for the Panthers. Okay. It's winnable. And here's why. It depends how the Panthers year goes. If it's similar to last year where they start off strong and they just completely fall apart, that team could be really beaten and the Seahawks could, could get a win out of there. We saw it last year with the Panthers. They played the Giants um, around this, around that time last season. Panthers started off hot. They kind of went on a losing streak. They played the Giants, and the Giants beat them, and the Giants were terrible at that point in the season. A winnable game. I'm going to give them a loss, though. Um, But I may add an extra win to when we get to the final week and be like, okay, well, and this will be the win I give them. So 2-11. Okay. Um, Yeah, right now I'll give it a loss as well. Seahawks are at home
0: against the Niners. 2-12. Yep. At the Chiefs.
1: 2-13. Home for the Jets three and 13 home for the Rams three and 14. I think that's about right. I don't, I'm not going to give them extra because they may lose to the jets and beat the Carolina or, or they may be, they may beat Carolina and the jets and they drop the, uh, the giants game. So I think three and 14 is about right for them. Yeah. That's where they'll be. Yeah. I think we had Atlanta at like four and 13,
0: right? Five and 12 somewhere there. Yeah. So right now we have Seattle listed as the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty. Oof. It's going that's gonna age P. Carroll a lot this year. I think. I mean, he, he may retire after this year. I mean, for all we know, he might just like flatline on the on the sideline <laughs> if he gets bad enough. I mean, guy's not young, so
1: he may pull an Antonio Brown. He may just walk out. <laughs> I wouldn't blame him one. He minute. may take his headset off, throw up the deuces, and I probably set a locker room. I mean, I would if I was a Seattle coach i don't blame him. I look at him and be like, mm-mm, nope. You got to pick between Drew Locke and Geno Smith all year? I'll Yikes. pick option C. Yeah. Option C is Pete Carroll's quarterback. <laughs> I think not, uh, that's probably the best option. There is video of him throwing the ball. I was yeah. Like,
0: you know, he's, he's the best quarterback in the quarterback room at this point.
1: Well, now now onto a team, the Cardinals, who have a, have a real shot at the playoffs this year. They do. If they can play in the second half of the year. Yeah. But – they do. The thing is, they have in their favor is that they get Hopkins back the second half of the year. So, right. May work out for them this time.
0: It'll, uh, I, I think they this team has no choice but to make the playoffs, especially for Cliff Kingsbury's sake. I think, uh, th- looking at this year, if they don't make the playoffs, I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to be out of a job. Yeah. Uh, but let's go through the schedule. They do open up at home, it is to the Chiefs.
1: Own one. Yeah. Um, like I guess I think the Chiefs will be a lot worse
0: they won't, than than they,
1: usual. They'll be I think I think they're third in the division. Honestly, they're third or second. They're not going to win the division, right? Um, but it's week one. Um, where is this game at? Uh, in Arizona. It's at, still doesn't really matter to me. Um, uh, I think Mahomes outplays Kyler Murray most of the times he gets, and both teams really aren't that great defensively and offensively. I think they'll be on the same same wavelength. Like Mahomes is without Tyree Kill and. Kyler Murray's going to be without DeAndre Hopkins. So week one, they're on the same, the same playing field, I think. And I feel more comfortable giving that game to Kansas City. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Kansas City, like, they'll be
0: worse than where they were last year, but they won't completely fall off the earth. Yeah. Like, that's kind of where I classify. Like, right. good enough to get to 10 or 11 wins, but not setting the world on fire. Yeah. Um, Next game for the Cardinals is a road trip to Vegas. I think this is 0-2. Yeah, 0-2. This is the home opener for the Raiders, too. So they're going to come in this game a little bit extra is it Monday? Is
1: it Monday Night Football?
0: No. Sunday, 125 slot for okay. CBS. So okay. probably the standalone game. Well, standalone set afternoon game, I guess. I wonder... UNLV,
1: is that on the 18th of September?
0: Yes. UNLV plays the day before.
1: Uh-oh, Allegiant
0: Plays North Texas.
1: Uh-oh, what are we going to do with the grass? Do, we, I, have, do they, we have time? Do we have time this time?
0: So this is where I could see this playing. We talked about it when the whole graph, grass turf thing came up. I think because the Raiders played first, they were just too lazy to move out the trays. I think now if UNLV is the one that's playing first, and we have a couple weeks, two or three weeks, between when UNLV last played on it to where uh, the, they'll have next played on it. um It'll basically be a new surface. If you stay with grass, you're not going to want UNLV to come in and tear up the grass before a home opener um, game for the Raiders. So that's why I think we will see the
1: turf for UNLV football, aka Legion. Same was lazy. Yes. Again, so, that's
0: why I said if this was the other way around, they would switch out the trays in no time. Oh yeah. So, so this is I, this is gonna be a pure example of that. I UNLV's, yeah. And you and
1: and know gonna have that turf, and they're gonna have half the student section cut out. So they can lift those doors up and roll the, the thing. Because that's what they do for every... If there's a UNLV game, a night before a Raiders game or two days before it, what they do is they cut out this whole student section. So there's pretty much no student section at all. So it makes it impossible for UNLV to even bring students to the game because the whole section is cut out. Well, if you saw the first game. Oh, well, yeah. That's but, not going to be much know, of a problem anyway. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to help UNLV out here. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> 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 so they can lift up those doors because that's where the sliding... Yep. Um, a sliding uh, uh, turf comes... Or, excuse me, artificial grass comes in. Right. So, that's exactly what they're going to do. So, that it's going to be just a concrete slab behind the the goal pulse right there. It's going to be about as lazy you can do it. Because yeah. that's how Elysian going to treat UNLV. But, hey, I hope UNLV is 2-0 going into that game, and they win it, and they start off 3-0. Right. I really... I, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I really hope that's the case. Yes. And this will also be a
0: game for the Raiders. They will be coming off of the Chargers game for the opener, which they could very well lose. Right. So might come in a little bit pissed off in this game. Um yeah, no, I agree. And there's it's about a twenty four hour difference in kickoff time. UNLV I think kicks off at noon on the seventeenth. This game starts at one twenty five on the eighteenth. Yeah. So yeah, I agree. I think they're gonna as soon as the UNLV game wraps up, they're going to be pushing that button. Like,
1: let's go. Yep. They're going to just, they're going to just be throwing the turf. They're not even going to roll it up. They're just going to just throw it in like the storage area. They
0: might get, <laughs> they might get lazy enough. Like if people are still on the turf, they're going to just keep, they'll still push the button. They'll be like, you're <laughs> either going to get off or you're going to go <laughs> underneath. And who knows when you're coming out next. <laughs> um, next home game is the uh, twenty eighth, So we'll see you then. Yeah, exactly. Hope he can survive until then. Um, so for the Cardinals, we have them 0-2, correct? Yep. Losing to the Chiefs um, at home, losing to the Raiders on the road. Doesn't get much easier for them. They go back home, but they welcome in the Rams. I think 3. this is 0-3. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Especially if you're going through this section without DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, 0-3. Yeah, not, not
1: a favorable start for them.
0: They go to Carolina. 1-3. and 3. There you go. Finally get a win. They are home for the Eagles. Two two and three.
1: Yeah. It's tough.
0: Eagles typically don't play that well in the first half of the year. They usually make a magical second half run and sneak their way in. Um, At the Seahawks. Three and three. There you go. Back to 500. Um, At home for the Saints. Four and three. I agree. At the Vikings, Sunday, 10 a.m. slot. Uh, This is October 30th. Four and four. Yeah. This is prime Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins
1: is going to have the game of his life. Yeah, at no the, no at the Vikings.
0: Yeah, especially a home game, 10 a.m. slot. Yeah, at the Vikings. Uh huh. Four and four. Uh, Seahawks at home. Five and four. I agree. Rams on the road. Five and five. Yep. Niners at home. Six and five. Ooh, get the Niners. Um, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm not sure completely how the Niner offense is going to look this year, so I'll agree with that. Uh, the Chargers at home. Six and six. Six and six. (laughs) Yeah. The Patriots at home. Seven and six. Yeah. If the Patriots look anything like they did when we saw them against the Raiders, that offense is terrible.
1: Yeah. Like, that is, Well, just the East Coast teams have a tough time playing on the West Coast, usually, so.
0: And it's a primetime game, too. Yeah. Monday Night Football.
1: I'm going to go seven and six. Yep.
0: At the Broncos.
1: Oh, my God. Seven and seven. Yeah.
0: Uh, Home for the Buccaneers. Seven and eight. This is about
1: the time. They win one of those games. I'll go eight and seven. They they win one of them. Probably in Denver. We gave them Denver. No, I gave them a loss there, but I'll probably give them. I just gave them a loss. I'll give them a win for Denver, though. So eight and seven. Okay. They win one of those. They might be. I'll give them one of them. So eight and seven. I'll go seven and eight at the Falcons. Nine and seven.
0: Eight and eight at the Niners. Nine and eight. Eight and nine for me. For the Cardinals. Eight and nine. That's worse than I thought. Yeah, eight and nine, and
1: probably misses the playoffs. That's what I anticipate too. The talent wise, you would think they'd be a playoff team, but looking at that schedule, man, and, and just how they how they've been performing, and, and Cliff Kingsbury still being the head coach, it's just tough to give them anything better than ten and seven. I don't even know if ten and seven gets them in the playoffs, to be honest. Not not. Div- I mean, you look at the division. You have the
0: Rams who are still going to be probably pretty good. You've got the Niners who are always a threat. They always find a way to get to ten or eleven wins especially because the Niners usually have a pretty favorable schedule. And then, I mean, you look at the other division, um, or, yeah, divisions within the conference of, you're going to, we went through, like, the NFC East is going to be surprisingly decent. Um, The NFC North is going to have the Packers, essentially. And maybe the Vikings. The Vikings might win some more games than we think. And so you're going to have a lot of these teams that are going to either be the divisional winner or they're going to be making a, a better case for the, Wild card than I think Arizona can, which, like we said, ultimately is probably going to lead to Cliff King Cliff Kingsbury finding a new job somewhere. Yep, maybe Some. the maybe the Huskers call him up. I don't oh know. boy,
1: we'll see. Hey, maybe that might be the worst hire. So not bad. We'll we'll see what happens with the Cardinals. But two more to go, thirty down. Finale next Tuesday. We next, got next Tuesday. The Niners at, ahead see. of kickoff for Thursday. See how we we planned this perfectly. Yeah, we did plan this perfectly at all. That that uh that that incident on what. Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday played, or played.
0: yeah, Tuesday's episode or was
1: it Monday. Tuesday? Monday, Monday, Mo- we Monday. We record drop Monday, drop Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday's episode was a little bit of a debacle, so if it sounded a little bit different, yeah, Monday, Monday's a uh, little incident here, uh, yeah. kind of played into our favor, I guess, to where perfect. We could the last the last preview was the two days before the game, and will be the last episode before the game. So yes. um, really looking, really looking uh, uh, forward to the start of next or the start of this upcoming yeah. season and. Saving the best for last, we got Niners and Rams. Niners and Rams. We will have those predictions for you on Tuesday. And how far does that work? the The Super Bowl, the defending Super Bowl champs,
0: will be the last preview. Yes. So and they and they're the they are part of the opening night game against the Buffalo Bills on Thursday. Wow. So again, I mean, it just worked out. We just we're, we, just, we, we're, we're pers- just
1: we're just unintentional unintentional geniuses. I think we must be. Uh,
0: but looking at, <clears throat> excuse me, looking ahead, Tuesday. We will have a recap of week one of the college football season. We, have, we gave you those picks. As far as who we uh, like to win those games, uh, again, just a quick reminder, Ohio State, we like to beat Notre Dame. Arkansas, we like to beat Cincinnati. And Georgia, we like to beat um, Oregon. And by the way, while we're on the quick topic of college football, that was a sneaky good night of college football last night. Oh yeah, I was
1: not expecting that. Penn State and West Virginia was great. Wow, or not? Excuse me, Penn State, and West Virginia, West Virginia and Pitt was great. And I think we realized that San Jose might be actually worse than we think. Hey, they almost lost to Portland State. UNLV maybe going bowling this Jeez. year. ESPN I think has UNLV now going from two and ten to five and seven. Well, they're gonna kick the doors off of Hawaii. Like Hawaii is gonna be bad, bad. So let's let's just look real quick. UNR was terrible. The ESPN win percentage Let's see. thing knows all. Yes, it is. It knows all. Yeah. So let me find the Mount West here. All right. Against Cal next week. They anticipate a loss. Probably pretty sizable. North Texas. They anticipate a loss. Ouch. Okay. Utah State, they anticipate a loss. We're one and three right now. It's oh, not looking good. Oh, boy. But here comes the turnaround. They here anticipate a win against New Mexico. I agree. They are now anticipating a win against San Jose. I like it, three and three. Then we're not anticipating winning against Air Force. We're three and four. Okay. Notre Dame, yep, yeah. no, nope, oh not here. We go <laughs> three and five. Here we go. San Diego State, no, three and six. three and six. They got to beat Fresno to get no. to six and six. Three and seven. Yeah, okay, they're not Hawaii. Win. They're anticipating a win. Okay. And yep. UNR last game of the year, anticipating win, anticipating a win. So ESPN has the Rebels from two and ten. To five and seven yeah oh what oh and six two and ten five and seven. that's that's progress
0: That is hey hey three years I, that's I'm decent
1: not, jokes aside five and seven is not a bad year this year for UNLV
0: football given a royal would be in a third year I'd take five and seven I'll because, take five and seven because that means then year four you can fully expect a bowl game if but you if you want to make quote-unquote progress forward here's
1: the thing they can beat North Texas they can that's why I don't you but, flip that game UNLV six and six like UNLV we can definitely beat North Texas. North Texas is not that great. They could go to. Ber- and they could beat Cal. I say they could go to Berkeley next week and win. Uh, yeah, next week and
0: win the game outright. It, especially if their offense replicates what they did in Week Zero and their defenses brings the same intensity, they can hang with Cal. Yeah, um, gives them a close game. Um, but like we said, we will have those previews done for you guys on Tuesday's episode. We'll recap this past weekend in college football, and we will obviously cover any headlines that we have uh, breaking over the weekend. And then looking at Thursday's episode, obviously we will give you a full breakdown of the um, opening night game between the bills and the Rams that will happen later that night on Thursday's episode of back and forth. And then Saturday, I guess we'll jump right into uh, we can do some, a little bit of later college football, but mainly probably NFL because that'll be the opening weekend on Sunday for the NFL. So, Football all next week for you guys coming jam-packed week. Hope you guys are enjoying the content. Again, make sure you're following the Back and Forth podcast on Twitter at BackforthPod. Instagram is at Forth Podcast. Again, also make sure you are following the Talk That Talk the Talk That Talk Media Company, the official home for Back and Forth. Their Twitter is at TTT Media Company. The rest of their socials are spelled out at Talk That Talk Media Company. I've been your host, at Matt, aka Matt Raftery. Join alongside as always by my co-host Joey G. We are back on Uh, Tuesday with another episode of Back and Forth. Enjoy the weekend and we will talk to you guys next week.